0: is August 21st. Good this is Fireside Chat number 12. It's Dr. Stu's podcast with me, your host, Dr. Stuart Fishbine, community based practicing obstetrician, wanderer,
1: <laughs> Adventure. and long-
0: adventurer, and longtime <laughs> advocate for birth choices. And I'm here Good morning. with, as usual, the best co host in the business, Kelly Rippa. How are you doing? <laughs>
1: Yeah. I got no coffee this morning. We had a malfunction in yeah. the coffee department.
0: So, why, why am I calling you Kelly Ripa this morning?
1: Because, coffee. because I told you that I would just be your Kelly.
0: Right. You're right. You did. <laughs> you can find me at birthinginstincts.com or, uh, well, at the, that's my website, birthinginstincts.com. And you can write me here at askdrstu at gmail.com. By the way, I do have some things I got to read today. All right. So, as people may or may not know, I've been on the road again.
1: On the road again. Yeah, I
0: was hoping to be off in Europe or Australia or South America, and I was in Arizona, <laughs> New Mexico, <laughs> it was pretty, Colorado, and Utah. It was yeah. Very pretty. Oh yeah, it was great. It You're was exploring great.
1: Exploring our beautiful. But you country. know what?
0: You know what? What three-letter word was the word of the of the week? The two weeks. No, hot.
1: I was going to say ass, but that hot. doesn't make sense. No, hot. <laughs>
0: It was, yeah. It was really hot.
1: Yeah. It's been very hot it's here too. It's really been
0: hot in the Southwest. I mean, Phoenix was 115. Well, yeah, on the way to Sedona. So I want to recap for everybody because it was kind of a- Where you went? Yeah. Okay. Because it was kind of, it was fun to do. Good morning. So, um, I took off and I had, what's really weird is my schedule has been such weird. I mean, I was very busy in May and June and then July had a few bursts, I think like four or five and I had nobody scheduled in August.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then I have like three, I had two in September, I now have six. Wow. I'll tell you about that in a second. And then Hi, I have, uh, actually, no, I actually have four, two in August. One already delivered, she delivered the, the day, the day I left.
1: Hmm. I remember right. we went out to dinner and then you were like, oh man, her water broke or something. Or yeah. And she dry. delivered
0: like four hours later.
1: Primep, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Bre- yeah. Uh, Breach. Yeah. You can find, I think. A, a, I don't think I posted. Well, I did post one picture on Instagram. Um, but uh, anyway, so I took off and I went to Sedona, Arizona, and I hung out at Marion Green's house. You know who Marin is?
1: I do, but tell them. Maran Green
0: is uh, she runs Indie Birth. Mm-hmm. A lot of you may have taken classes from Indie Birth or just used it as a resource. And they really showed me what hospitality was like. They have a guest nice. house that's very well air conditioned. Nice. And um, she's pregnant with her tenth baby. Oh wow! Yep. <laughs> And their household just seems to run pretty smoothly. Uh, The husband was, he was great and they were all great. And uh, the little one really took to me. So I had a really good time with our diva. And um, did some hiking, which is what I did. I've done every day. I did the same thing in June. uh, Trying to get my physicality back. Great. um, Because what we do is wearing.
1: Yeah,
0: it it is. wearing, And I thought a lot about it. And I thought about how many, how many people I had to, you know, even when I was off in the, in, in the bush, so to speak, um, I was never really away from work. Yeah. Only when I was like in places where there was no cell service was mm-hmm. I away from work. Mm-hmm. But at night and stuff like that, it was um, answering emails and responding to people and setting up Zoom consults. I, had, I did Zoom consults from New Mexico and from Utah and from Colorado. Um, anyway, I left, uh, I left, um, Sedona after a couple days and I went to Meteor Crater. I don't know if any of you've ever been there, but it's a big hole in the ground. And for those older folks, they made a movie with Jeff Bridges. There One's called Starman.
1: Yeah. That's a good movie. It was a good movie. Uh-huh.
0: And, uh, yeah, the, the, I forgot the name of the woman that's in it. I think she's the one in, in Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, whatever her name is. Remember her name? Okay. I should remember her name. <laughs> Anyway, nonetheless, uh, and then I went and stood on a corner in Winslow, Arizona, but I did not see any cute women in flatbed trucks. So do you know what I'm talking about?
1: I don't. I, I was you trying don't. to figure Some,
0: some out. people probably know. Okay. Is
1: it a song? Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: It's an Eagles song. Wait. Standing on a corner in Winslow, Arizona. Uh, such a fun sight to that's see. Right. There's a girl, my lord, in a flatbed Ford turn around to like, take a look at me. Uh-huh. Nah, it didn't happen, but, <laughs> but I did go stand on a corner in Winslow, Arizona. I love it. Yeah, it's called Take it, Take it Easy, I think is the name of the song. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and then I, I went up to uh, Shiprock in Farmington, New Mexico. Hot. Shiprock. shiprock is this rock that just stands out. You know, maybe maybe when I post this uh, on Instagram, I'll post some of those these pictures that we're talking about. But I love Shiprock because... Uh, it's in the Four Corners area uh, area of of the four states that come together. I think Utah, Colorado, New Mexico, and Arizona. And I used to read novels by a, a man who's passed away now. His name was Tony Hilderman. I don't know if anybody's read those novels, but um, uh, he wrote about mysteries and crime crime stories that happened on the Navajo reservation in the Four Corners. And Shiprock was always there was always these mystical things going on in that area. And so I went and hiked up to Ship Rock, which is this rock that just rises. It's it's not as impressive as Devil's Tower, Wyoming, but it's pretty impressive. It just rises out of nowhere, and you just wonder how did that happen? I mean, uh, some of the geology that I saw on this trip, it's like
1: very cool. The it's setting. so geology,
0: amazing to see how some things erode where you end up with a little a huge rock standing on a little thing or a or. You know, things that shape, they look like other things, these hoodoos where they, they look like Queen Victoria or, you know, uh, Thor's hammer or whatever, whenever you're around. I mean, it's just amazing how they, and they show you how they do it when you read the, if you stop at the signs on the trails mm-hmm. and you read the signs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so then I did that. And, and in Farmington, I, I, I've, I had Church's Chicken, <laughs> which I don't think we have in Southern California, but it was really good. We might... Do we have churches chicken here? Mm-hmm. I'll have to look it up because mm-hmm. I never had it before, but it was really good. <laughs> and then I went to Bluff, Utah. And that is, I stayed at a really nice place. I would recommend it to anybody. It's called Bluff Dwellings. And the pool was open. And I stayed there three nights and I went hiking. The National Park, the Monument Valley National Park was closed. It's on the Navajo Reservation. And everything on the Indian Reservations was closed because apparently they're really susceptible to COVID. They've had some bad outbreaks on the hmm. Indian reservation. So they were closed, but you could still go everywhere. You still have a beautiful island. And they have this place called Forest Gump Hill. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you remember the, you know, when he's running back and forth across the country, the scene where he ends running, where he says, I'm, I'm tired or I want to go home or something like that. <laughs> he's
1: just done. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> it's, it's, you know, you stand there and you look at the Monument Valley and it's just, it's really, I did a lot of hiking there. It was great. Um, I, I saw some uh, petroglyphs and uh, uh, did a lot of reading, um, I listened to books on Audible, uh, had a lot of time to myself, uh, met some really nice people around the hot tub, sometimes on the trail.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, One day I met a woman from Oklahoma and we did, a, we did the Natural Bridges National Monument together. We hiked three, two or three different hikes
1: cool.
0: together and that was great. And then pff, we're gone off she went to do something and off i went to do something you never meet again mm-hmm. uh then from bluff i went we i went to durango and um did some hiking in durango then drove up through northern colorado where there's a lot of forest fires right now
1: yeah there's a lot there was smoke too.
0: smoke everywhere yeah i saw that coming home last night um how smoky it was mm-hmm. in southern california
1: crazy amount of um Lightning strikes here in California.
0: Really? Yeah. I didn't even know we had any rain. Uh,
1: thunderstorms, barely any rain, but mostly lightning strikes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I was praying for a thunderstorm. One of those booming cells that comes through the desert for like an hour and then mm-hmm. disappears. Mm-hmm. Didn't have one. Not one. Yeah. Um, went to Arches National Park, mm-hmm. one of my favorites, and then up to uh, the Park City area. And saw my friend Adrian, camped out one night at a campground. Saw six satellites, and five shooting stars. Oh, I did lay out on the night of the Perseid meteor shower. I was announcing that to a lot of people, and uh, it was it was. My expectations were too high. It was disappointing. In, in like 45 minutes, I only saw six meteors. Some really good ones, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always fascinated by that. I learned something. I learned something about an iridium flash or flare which is where you're looking up at the sky and it has to be really dark like in the middle of nowhere and you see a flash and then maybe another flash and then nothing. And if you, I, I was pretty sure I knew what that was, it's like the, it's the sun hitting a mirror of a spinning satellite mm. and it just hits you, boom, boom, and then, you don't, and you, then it disappears. Cause the, and the satellites move quickly across the sky and you can see the Milky Way, I slept outside.
1: What's this?
0: This is my uh, Bryce Canyon. Uh, face mask ah. so I can do the rest of the podcast this well, <laughs> except it's really actually quite hot so I think I'll take it off oh and then uh, I have my new t-shirt which uh, some people have already commented that they really liked it uh, I won't even say any more about that okay uh, so then and then I decided I was going to drive back because while I was away I was approached by a set of twins and three breaches, all due within the next two and a half weeks. Who have no options. No options.
1: So you decided to come back.
0: Well, I. You just were ha- supposed to be gone a month. Uh, yeah, twenty like twenty-four days or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um. But I'm still on vacation. <laughs> I'm going to meet all these people in the next few days, and then I'm going to go because it was so it was so hot anyway. It was so hot. Yeah. That I'm going to go take a couple of days, and I'm going to go either up the coast, like toward Cambria. Love
1: Cambria.
0: Um, just, psh, I, I checked the temperatures in Cambria. It's like a high of eighty and a of, of in the fifties. Mm-hmm. So that sounds pretty good to me. Love Cambria. Um, Love Big
1: Sur, Carmel, all those places are so right. cool.
0: Right, but it gets me back to reality to realize how few choices there are for these people. Um, especially, I've had three. I had three breaches last month, and they all just were all prime ips, and they all went bing, bang, bang. bang. Um, so it just, it, it just saddens me so much to hear about people being told that their twins need to be delivered vag, I mean, uh, induced, or they need to be sectioned or the, if twin B isn't vertex, then you have to have a C section, even though twin A is vertex. I mean, the, the lack of skill in these people who are telling these people these sorts of things. And the fact that. ACOG and residency programs. I mean, I know I rail on this all the time, but it is why we have Dr. Stu's podcast in the first place. Um, <laughs> I just, I, I mean, these are the leaders of our profession and they're, and they're leading us into oblivion.
1: No. Yeah. I think, I think it's skill set, but I also think it's just people not wanting to, I can share something about one of my births that will that will Tangent into what I'm about well, to say. You do it. Okay. Um, so I had two,
0: yeah. Why do I, I feel something really hot?
1: Oh, it's the air just started. It'll <laughs> yes. get cool in a okay. second.
0: <laughs> <Okay>. It's blowing <laughs> hot air. We're all yeah. having a hot
1: flash. Um, so I had two bursts since the last time we were together. Um uh, one was a prime up that ended up being a very long it was a friend of mine who I care for very deeply, and it's hard to deliver to your friends you know to be part of their yes their, it is their deliveries because your heart is so invested and i broke one of my rules which is don't don't stay when it's really early
0: why, why did you do that
1: um because she was really struggling she had a couple doulas but she really needed it and we talked about it postpartum and she said if you had left that would have really been hard for me and i said i know but she, when I checked her, she was probably about six, but it was so narrow. Do you know that when you go in and you're like, oh,
0: this yeah, is really the, the narrow. Arch.
1: It wasn't just the arch. It was the whole, her whole opening was, I couldn't even really get in to do a good Was that because check. of her
0: muscle tone or because of her bones?
1: To me, it felt like bones. Ooh. And she had a very painful back labor um, and she proceeded to dilate. One centimeter every six hours. It was it was like that, and just like
0: well, you were very patient.
1: Well, that's that's the kind of provider that I am. But um, I told the doula's the first check. I said, "You need to settle in. This is going to be a, a long time. Like her bones need to open. This like it needs to open. I think she's going to dilate." So okay, when but. when you
0: when you first examined her and mm-hmm. felt that she was this really tight pelvis, and she was going one centimeter in the next six hours. Um, w- w- were you thinking that, like, why am I doing this? Why, why don't we just take her to the hospital? And No, you weren't. Because I know that 95% of people would, would say...
1: She knows that if she had been in the hospital, she would have had a section. She just knows that they no, would have... No,
0: and I mean, yeah. even, a lot, even a lot of practitioners would... would
1: Checked her ahead of time.
0: No, no, I'm not saying that, but when they're in labor mm-hmm. and you check her and then six hours later you check her and she's mm-hmm. now, instead of being two, she's now three. Right. Um, yeah, it's like, and if and with that exam that you talked about initially, you, a lot of people would just make the decision, the smart play is to throw in the towel.
1: Yeah, but smart for who?
0: Well, the odds are that she's, you know, that she's going to get stuck.
1: But that's what we're talking about. Like, if we don't allow women the opportunity to deliver their babies uninterrupted, then we're just doing the same thing that we're complaining about in the hospital.
0: Yeah, but she's way off the Friedman curve.
1: Way. Okay. <laughs> and I knew that I could tell, you know. But she, I, but my she mistake. She was
0: on the Freedman Mason.
1: <laughs> my mistake was that I stayed too long so by the time she delivered i was really spent yeah i was really spent i tried to just chill and read my book and like you know check for every 30 minutes but um i was there with her for over 24 hours and um her doulas were amazing she was amazing i mean she had a really rough go but she did it she had a vaginal delivery um and it was you know, I'm sure those. So what been, was
0: what was so tight? Was it really her bones, or was it, was I it really
1: just, believe it was her bones having to open, and she kept saying, "I have this back pain," and I don't think her baby was in a funky position. I think her pelvis actually needed to open in labor. And
0: what kind of things did she and her doula do? or you with her? Oh, everything. Get, yeah.
1: Oh, everything. Everything. Squats exaggerated sims, doing the three sisters, doing the stairs two at a time, yeah, in and out of the tub a lot, uh, lots of massage. I mean, we did, it. she did everything. The only thing she didn't go is go outside because it was hot and she was like, you're crazy, I'm not going for a walk outside. But she basically did everything else. But it was one of those those, um, birth workers who imagined having a home birth in the tub, you know, breathing her baby out. And at one point I looked at her and I go, look, I really think you need to let go of the fact that you might not deliver in water. Like don't be attached and it's not going to go that way for you. You're not going to breathe your baby out. You're going to have to work really hard to get this baby out. And she did and she did it. And it was amazing, but it, <laughs> hello, Jax, <laughs> hold him until I finish oh, and then sorry. I'll put him out. Okay. Jax is doing a cat bomb again. My cute kitty Jax. Um, but it was, what I realize, and this is why I was going to say this to you now about people not being willing to take those risks and to be patient and to do all those things, because it stretches you. Like, I was stretched to the max yeah, I at could, that delivery. I, I would be
0: very honest with you. There's no way that I could have done that. I, I can't be around that early labor i mean i just well you could have had I, a
1: midwife stay for you yeah, yeah. I, I have that over yeah.
0: training and i yeah. I can't you know yeah i can sit on someone's couch for you know eight hours or 10 hours and listen to my my uh headphones like,
1: let's go yeah,
0: yeah. but <laughs> i i have to i can't i can't sit there and listen for that long to somebody who's re- especially someone who's really vocal
1: yeah
0: and you're in a small house yeah yeah Jeez. and it's just moaning every three minutes or yeah. four minutes right yeah right. yeah
1: um, and, but one of the things her husband That's said, you're what you do. one of the things her husband said that I thought was so beautiful. He said, every time you guys, the doulas and myself, every time she would say, Oh God, or whatever, you know, I can't do this or whatever she said, when we would say something back to her, he said, every time you guys said it to her, like you had never heard her say it before. He said, it was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen that like, you know, every three minutes we were just. Present and that's what a team does. I mean, you could not do that with just one person. We had three people there supporting it and her husband, so four people. And that's what a team can do. And she knew that. She knew that she wanted to create a team. Not everybody has the availability to have those resources, but having loving, supportive people around you can really make a difference. But what I realized the next day when I was like a mess and in bed and recovering and emotional and all this stuff is that most providers have such limitations on what they're willing to do, what they'll allow their yeah. their patient or client to do because they have to stretch themselves. And I just realized like not everybody is willing to live that kind of lifestyle or go to that edge and feel so emotional and and stretch themselves out. Yeah, you wrote something, you
0: posted something about. Did Yeah. I? Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, and it I yeah. it was just like a aha. So this like these providers not willing to stretch themselves in terms of their skill set and taking risks with these twin deliveries, that's really what it is. It's like, it's so much easier and faster and more reliable and less risk for them as providers when they just do a section. So if there's any reason, oh, the baby's not head down, it's easier for them to be able to say, you know, rather than stretching themselves and giving the women these options, it's about what's comfortable for them.
0: Yes, but so it, but is insight. it but is it ethical?
1: I don't believe so, and that's why I provide the way that that provide care the way that I do because I wanted her to call it when she was ready. If she was ready to say, "I'm done. I can't do this anymore." Okay, great. But I I'm not going to be the person unless there's an actual clinical indication. You know, the baby's heart rate, or she was you know showing signs or something, but she wasn't. Yeah,
0: I mean, when I when I look at my when I look at my own numbers, um, and I'm sort of stuff I think I've told you on twins and I look at that 74% of my primate twins and 98.3% of my multip twins deliver vaginally and I realized that there are OBs out there who have zero vaginal twin deliveries
1: mm-hmm.
0: they section them all or they induce them all or they I mean that you know then that whole thing we've, we've, we've talked about that out now so I had another um, uh, midwife write me about um trying to find some evidence to not be, not have one of her clients be induced for twins at 37 weeks. And uh, she sent me a really interesting article that actually shows some increased risk, but actually the, if you induce at 37 weeks, you have a threefold greater risk of your baby going to the NICU than if you wait till 39 weeks, even though at 39 weeks you have a slightly higher rate of stillbirth. But again, the the people need to know the actual numbers because without the actual numbers, how do you give informed consent. How do you let the woman decide? And the, and the, in the medical model, they, they generally don't.
1: Yeah. No? Yeah. No, that's, it's about what you feel comfortable with. Um, the other delivery that I did just a couple days ago, Wednesday morning, um, was a mom, second time mom, who had had a traumatic first vaginal delivery in the hospital. Um, you know, they yelled at her, they threatened her with C-section. I mean, while she was in transition, everybody in the room was screaming. Like it was just... Really, really intense for her, and she had a beautiful water birth in her home with her husband. Spa music. We were really quiet. No, this her second baby. Yeah, no, they, t- yeah. two and a half hours. But she's like, like two minutes after the baby was out, she goes, "Home birth is amazing," and I was like, "Oh, I wish I had that on tape." Right. Well, that's like, so that's, like, that's like that's
0: like masa and uh, yeah yeah, yeah. And so beautiful Massa story. So. Yeah, so I should actually, t- I, since you went into that, I should actually tell more about the breech delivery on the night before I left.
1: Sure. For vacation. Yeah. Because I, I heard it was it.
0: amazing. It was amazing. First of all, the woman is a marathon runner. All right. I mean, she's physically, she's going to do this no matter what. She wasn't going to let anybody get in the way of it. And like I said, she had a five hour later. By the time I got there, the baby was already, she was already complete, complete in like plus three. And I think I was only there for about 40 minutes or 45 minutes. And it was the first birth that I've done in my entire home birth career where I did nothing. Absolutely nothing. All right. I mean, the midwife, Tessa, was there. And she was the one that was like putting warm compresses on on her bottom. Mm -hmm. She was on all fours. And I had gloves on and I sat in a chair. And the baby pushed and the baby would come out and go back in again and come out just like a typical primate and then mm-hmm. finally got to the point and then the baby rotated perfectly mm-hmm. just like the textbook to uh, tum tum to, uh, bum mm-hmm. or sacrum anterior and uh, one leg come out the other leg popped out then there was a little pause I just checked the tone for a second and the baby had good tone and then with the next push boom boom head just fell out
1: where did you check for tone?
0: I just when you did I it? just touched the foot,
1: and it brought it up a little bit. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and,
0: and it moved the foot mm-hmm. just to just to, because it was just hanging there for a little bit. Yeah, and we were and we were doing the timing. We know we about three to five minutes from the umbilicus just to be sure. Didn't even take any, anywhere close to that. But I, I she had no tears. She didn't need any stitches.
1: Nice.
0: She uh, I didn't I didn't catch the baby. I didn't do a vaginal exam. I did absolutely zero. I did zero. Good. I got paid. <laughs> I got paid for doing nothing.
1: Well, and she was happy that she could have her breach too. Oh, surgery. she's she's ecstatic
0: yeah. and she yeah. she's got a big Instagram following and she's been posting all about it. She posted her birth story on beautiful. Instagram. Awesome. Yeah, you guys can find it you can find it uh through my Instagram account. You could find it if you want to read her story. Um because yeah, it was beautiful. And then uh the, and then the dad is sitting there <laughs> crying, talking to his daughter, you know, crying, you know, that sort of thing. And you're right, like like you said, and that's the reward. That is that is a great reward to see that, and to make you know to make new friends. People always come to me with breaches at the end, and they're sort of in a panic and they don't know what to do. And I always say to them, I say, listen, your baby's devising a path that we're all to follow. And whatever happens, whatever you you know, you're you're meeting people you would never have met otherwise. Mm-hmm. And Beautiful. yeah, yeah. I mean, it is sort of a nice thing. Right. And uh, most people, when they leave my office after their first consult, it's almost like they take a big sigh and they breathe out. Yeah. You, you've seen, you've been there. Yeah.
1: So. Well, I mean, there's so much fear going on, you know, it's just so nice to go and meet a doctor where he's casual and. and
0: <laughs> totally casual. Yeah, casual. Like I wear t-shirts like this. And, yeah. you know,
1: says heartfelt things that way and, and frames it in a completely different context. It's a breath of fresh air for people who are looking for something like that.
0: Yeah, and I want to. I make it very clear to them that I'm not just telling what they want to hear. You know, I always use the line that I'm not a cowboy. I'm not going to put you at risk just mm-hmm. for, for glory's sake or anything like that. I'm not going to put your baby at risk, your wife at risk, or my career at risk to uh, do something that yeah. I don't feel comfortable yeah. with. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Right. So, uh, right, so there we are.
1: Oh, and my sister's visiting, so she's going to pop in before we end so you guys can see my cute sister It's coming uh,
0: and
1: supporting me this week. We had our preliminary hearing for my daughter, Sky. I know most I of know you. I didn't know if you wanted to bring that it's up. It's okay. Right. Most of you listeners um, know about my daughter um, was killed last year, and so they did the preliminary hearing. um to see if we were going to trial and we are, which is going to be a couple of years before the trial starts. But why? Partly because of COVID, but partly because this is how it goes. And, um, but it, you know, as far as, uh, the legal stuff, everything went our way. The, the the judge didn't miss a beat before he said that we were going to trial on all counts. So it was a difficult day. Um,
0: can I I ask, you know, I, you know, I, I've watched Perry Mason and Law and & Order all my life, it's like, are they saying they didn't do it? Are they pleading not guilty?
1: You know, as a human being who believes in doing the right thing, I they confessed.
0: Yeah, I know. And then,
1: and then they are saying not guilty. So now it's that it was an accident. They did bring a gun, they did borrow a gun, but they didn't mean for it to go off.
0: They pulled a gun, but they didn't mean to go. I, mean, I, th- I think that there's a thing in the law that says that's depraved indifference or whatever else. Because if you bring a gun to a.
1: I mean, it seems that that's the way that the judge felt about it for sure. So, but, you know, that's it's definitely something that I've thought about. Like if I caused that pain to someone and it was even an accident, I don't think that I could in good conscience plead not guilty but that's just that's he said they said everybody always pleads not guilty that's just the way that it goes yeah i
0: think that that's that that is true based on <laughs> my Perry Mason and my law and order uh viewing and it's
1: that's the, probably right. why it takes 2 years to go through this hey listen my knows. my my
0: friend Maureen we've talked about maybe we've talked about yeah, her not on
1: the podcast yeah her thing.
0: husband was shot and killed in 1981 1981 was that 39 years ago, a long time ago. yeah and, um, the guy is still in prison and still appealing and, and every few years she has to go back. And now Philly's DA is a guy that is not prosecuting criminals, sort of one of those George Soros guys. And, um, so he's not fighting on her behalf, so they're trying to get him removed. I mean, it, it, her battle has gone on for 39 years. It doesn't really ever.
1: So. <laughs> yeah. My sister's here loving on me and I'm mainly taking time off um this week just to, you know, just give myself some space from what I just what we just went through as a family. And yeah.
0: So let me let me as long as you brought up coronavirus, we can I can speak on a little bit on what it's like in different parts of the country. Yeah. All right, um, I don't even, what's it like here? Are the restaurants open here or just outdoor seating?
1: Outdoor seating. But no mm-hmm. indoor seating? No, no indoor seating. Okay, so
0: I ate at restaurants indoors.
1: Uh-huh, where?
0: Let's see, where were we? Uh, Durango, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Colorado for sure. And then also, I think in Utah.
1: Desi.
0: In Utah, hi, Desi. In Utah. Hi, Desi. <laughs> in Utah um, so, uh, you could eat outdoors or the, they sat you indoors mm-hmm. and of course you walk in with a mask and then you sit at the table and take your mask off. That's
1: how it so. was before they changed it again. Yeah. Yeah.
0: In the national parks, far less people wearing masks on the trails than when I, when I hike around here, mm-hmm. interestingly enough, a lot of the Asian tourists always wear masks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. they I mean, they did that before COVID mm-hmm. so, um, and there's a lot of them. All over the Southwest. I mean, I ran into a lot of them. They were they were very nice, big families. People. The parks were not overcrowded. People want to go this summer. It's still it's still a great place to do something and go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the the visitor centers um, in in Bryce was open in Arches. You could go into a part of the center, but they would greet you on the outside. The Rangers would, and they'd mm-hmm. give you the information. There goes. <laughs> The cat, cat bomb. Um, But it was it was you. It varied, but most people were pretty lax. Except when you were in in the Park City area, that sort of thing, and people were much more. You know, I looked at some houses up there, and I think I looked at maybe eleven houses in two days. And I think two or three of the houses, the realtors, the sellers' realtors, wanted us to wear masks, leave our shoes outside, and wear masks inside the house. Otherwise. They didn't so i think it's still going on that people really don't know what to do but here's a crazy thing in the hotels and maybe somebody can explain this to me i'm sure that there's a there's a reason why it works this way um when you stay at a hotel more than one night they don't come in and make, make your room up
1: mm-hmm. you know they,
0: don't, they used to you know in an old hotel other hotels prior to this when you were gone during the afternoon they'd come in they'd make your bed and they mm-hmm. put fresh towels out, or they tell you if you want to get rid of your towels leave them on the floor otherwise hang them up and we'll you recycle um, but when you got there they said there's no breakfasts you can get a bag you can come in and you can get a bag breakfast but they're not serving you all the hotels yeah. the served breakfast not, none of that the pools were open in some of the hotels and some of the hotels they weren't mm-hmm. and I don't really know why but they didn't come and make up your room and they said the reason that they didn't make up your room was because they were they didn't want to get you uh,
1: more exposure.
0: More exposure. They didn't want to br- bring their person into your room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. But then, I, then I wonder when I checked out that day, the woman goes in and cleans the room, and then they check. Somebody else checks in later that day.
1: Yeah, it's just more exposure for you personally, because the more time somebody comes into your room, I don't know. While but th- but then there. I was listening
0: on the radio, and some guy was talking about this on the radio, and he said that Motel Six chain they did come in every day and clean. The room. So I think it's, again, one of those things where-
1: You make a decision. It's corporate, arbitrary. Corporate
0: decision, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. But it is it is sort of strange just to see people. And then oh, and then the other thing I thought of, when, when we're hiking on the trail, is somebody's approaching me who's a mask wearer. They'll pull their mask up as they're approaching me. Mm-hmm. Okay? And then as they pass me, they pull it back down again. I look,
1: mm-hmm.
0: well, shouldn't they be worried about the air that's behind me <laughs> more than the air that's in front of me?
1: Well, I guess when they're, they have their backs facing you, though. But
0: they're breathing in the air that I breathed mm-hmm. 10 seconds earlier. Yeah. So they should keep their mask on after they pass me, <laughs> not before they pass. Doesn't that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. They're All doing right.
1: what they feel comfortable with. By the way, we had a childbirth education class while you were gone as well. And we had the ability that you could be Zoom. Say it again. Childbirth education class. All oh, right. okay. You could be Zoom or you could come in person. Most of them are my clients, you know, two of them are other midwife clients that that joined me, MKs. Um, and no one wanted to be on Zoom. Everybody wanted to be here in person. Yeah. And so then we just left it up to people. Like, if you feel like you want to, you know, I tried to distance as much as we could, but with six couples, it's hard to six feet apart in my living room. And um I thought we could do it outside but it's just been way too hot. So everybody was okay with it and then the people that felt like they needed to wear a mask wore a mask and um Well we did
0: we did uh NRP here. Outside and yeah. it was nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Right. Um and I was hoping it would be nice but it's been 108 degrees here.
0: I know, I know. I've been following it's totally it. Hot. It's I've been following. it's been 100 degrees pretty much every day in all the five sta- the five sta- the five states I've been in. Every day. No rain. Oh, it rained for like half an hour. It drizzled at the campsite.
1: That was nice though, I bet.
0: Oh, it was really nice. Yeah, it yeah. didn't drop the temperature. Any- oh, I forgot to even talk about the, the highlight of my, uh, my trip. Where's my phone? Where's my phone? Here's my phone. Did I, did I send you this video? I don't. Hang on. I got to play this video for everybody. If I don't know if it will come out, but I'll oh, do okay. my best. I saw uh, two things. Okay. So, I don't know if this will come out because I've, I've tried this before, but I don't know if it'll work. But let's just see what happens.
1: He's doing it on Facebook, by the way. Maybe he'll do it again.
0: It's as close as I ever want to be to a full bull moose. Oh, yeah.
1: He was standing Show. right
0: next to the trail. Show All
1: right. Right. Hold on, Facebook. Instagram's going to see it now. Right, That's on. pretty cool.
0: Oh, I got your, your, your lights in there. Turn, uh, turn, your, light, yeah. turn your light off for a second.
1: Uh, okay. Try it now. Okay.
0: <laughs> so I'm walking on a trail.
1: There it is. Wow. He's big. He didn't move at all. No, huh?
0: no. Well,
1: I just, watched when I again. came
0: back two hours later, wow. cause I had to walk past again. I I, I wow. slowed down that area and I saw him. You would never notice him. You didn't know where to look, but he was sitting down now, mm-hmm. about a hundred yards back into the brush. But I could see his rack. Wow. It was really, it was really uh, not that kind of rack. Look the way your mind went. No, I know.
1: No, so but that amazing.
0: was so. It was so amazing. And Miranda, thank you for all your comments. By the way, I, I'm not quoting you because. I'm on a roll, but, but it was, it was good. and then I, um, I saw a beaver too. Ah,
1: well, beavers aren't as scary.
0: That's no, okay. he was so cute. He's like a sea otter. He was eating Not something. Just, he was just eating something like and sea otter. Yeah, he was going, <laughs> and it was, it was really cute. And there was this little, this other family that was there with a the little girl. And you could hear the little girl's voice on my video. And it's so cute. Mom, what's he doing? What's he doing? But it was, you know, deer and ground squirrels and, vultures and hawks and nature yeah
1: it's healing yeah very healing you yeah. it. good for you but everybody I
0: sent that picture to my family and they said dad mooses are dangerous <laughs> I go I know what was I supposed to do he was standing next to my trail It's my trail yeah <laughs> so that was pretty exciting though to see a moose because I've seen moose before but never that close that close yeah right yeah
1: um, do you want me to take questions, or do you have some things you wanted to talk
0: about? Oh, I was going to continue okay. on coronavirus. Yeah. Oh, okay. So um, I just ripped out this thing out of an art, uh, out of a journal. Um, it's uh, coronavirus disease during pregnancy, a systemic review of reported cases, and the only thing that th- this isn't a very big study. It's uh, this thing here. It's it isn't a very big study, but the conclusion really blew me away because. Um, Six studies that involved 51 pregnant women were eligible for the systematic review. At the time of the report, three pregnancies were ongoing. Of the remaining 48 pregnant women, 46 gave birth by cesarean section. That's the thing that blew me away. And two gave birth vaginally. In this study, one stillbirth and one neonatal death were reported, which, by the way, is high if you're thinking of only 51 pregnant women. Mm -hmm. But they didn't report it as being related to coronavirus. So, why I want to know, because I've heard this from other people, dualism things, why are doctors sectioning people during this coronavirus endemic? And why would you section someone who is positive for coronavirus? It's not like herpes, you know, where you section right. because they might the baby might catch it Right. There's no data to support this. yeah, fear. right Yeah, I guess so. And it says here, cesarean delivery is mm-hmm. typically an elective surgical intervention and it is reasonable to question whether cesarean delivery for pregnant patients with coronavirus was warranted. Wow.
1: I can tell you anecdotally that there's a lot more inductions and a lot more um, C-sections. I'd say probably well, are they 50% C-section Scheduled
0: rate? C-sections or failed inductions?
1: A um, I, I combo, definitely a combo. Um, and and a lot more thirty nine week inductions happening. Yeah, right now. And people are, um, people
0: are taking advantage of the virus in in, in in many different ways.
1: And doulas not being in the room.
0: And doulas not being in the room, right? Mm-hmm. Support people not being in the room.
1: Mm-hmm. They're still fighting for it here in Cal in LA. I don't know about where everybody else is, but um, still trying to advocate for doulas being essential. And I hope that. They can start to get some traction because it affects midwives being able to come in too. If we transport, it's a bummer. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, it's it's hard. We talked about this in the previous podcast. It's hard to just say goodbye to somebody.
1: Oh yeah, and um, it's very hard. It's very hard. And I've you know most of the people that have gone in since the pandemic have just gone in for pain relief, and we you know had a good situation on the other side, someone meeting them there at the hospital, but. Um, yeah if i was just sending someone like you know who was having a crisis yeah and i just had to leave them going in i mean i just can't even
0: imagine. And, I, and i don't know why because of covid that the induction rate should go up or the c-section rate should go up
1: yeah it has nothing to do with that it's it's just But purely... well, in, in somebody's
0: in somebody's reasoning or logic there's a reason for it it just doesn't enter into and I have a very logical brain. I can see something and I can, I can see a way out of it generally pretty quickly, or, mm-hmm. you know, although it doesn't always work because I may not be in control, but I can usually see that. I just don't see why if, you know, and these are, I think these are women with coronavirus, mm-hmm. all right, but all the more so if someone is sick or potentially going to get sick, the last thing you want to do on them It's a major surgical operation. Yeah,
1: because it lowers their ability to fight things. Their immunity goes down because it's trying
0: to heal. I can't always figure that out why people do stuff. (laughs) Me neither. (laughs) Yeah. Me neither. So, um, anything else?
1: For me? Yeah.
0: No. I'm trying to think of what else I could... I'm busy. I know you are.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely busy. Well, just wait.
0: Just wait till... Well, now, I mean, look at it. I, I suddenly have four... Four clients that I didn't have two yeah. weeks ago.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And Thank like I said, I'm yeah. going to meet them.
1: What are we going to do when you leave?
0: I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know. I I, I you got to work on Shavira.
1: I'm I mean, trying to work it, but on but if these guys, Shavira. if these
0: guys would, would 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 come in now, then I, I wouldn't necessarily leave.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I might be able to take time off and get out of California, but I I could I could continue, but I just don't want to continue at the rate. I mean, I have I I had seven sets of twins due in October. One delivered; mm-hmm. she had TTTS. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm already reaching out to Chavira, and also there's a new a new woman in the area. Like I told you the the yeah, woman from Boston, mm-hmm. uh, Victoria Flores, is her name, and she uh, is is a little bit green because she just finished her training program, but she uh, is willing to cover. Uh, like I said, in October, will you be available? And I said, and Shavira's going to try to check. Because I'm willing, I don't know what he makes doing his ER coverage calls, but I'm almost in a position where I'm willing to say, don't do any ER coverage calls in October. I'll pay you what you would have made. And then you yeah. can be on backup for me. Nice. Because, what, I mean, I have twins due from San Diego to Santa Barbara in the next two months. So what if i got somebody in labor in one place? I mean, this always is the thing that, that gnaws at me, and if I or knew that I had you. somebody else, God, it would be such a stress reliever.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, if midwives could m- get legal again, that would help too.
0: Oh, that's another thing too. I sent an email to the, to, the, to the. Appro- I sent an email to the Appropriations Committee this morning uh, in Sacramento on the on the urging of Jen Campbell from Be Back Facts mm-hmm. to vote no on Senate Bill One Two Three Seven.
1: Tell them more
0: about what that is. It's a CNM bill to try to give them autonomy from having supervision from physicians, but it's a devil's, it's, it's a devil's deal because yeah. they're giving up, not only are they giving up autonomy as far as the same things that licensed midwives gave up, but they have to get, everything's gonna have to get approved and the women are all gonna have to get consults. And what physician's gonna say, oh sure, you can go have a home birth with a CNM.
1: For consults for? Everything. Every single woman is going to have to get, yeah.
0: Pretty much. I, it, I don't remember the details exactly. I thought it was just
1: for feedback. But, it,
0: but it, was a, it was a violation of every possible uh, thing about the autonomy of the midwives, the autonomy of the women in California. And yet, there are certain certified nurse midwives that, in the leadership that are for this. They think that they're getting a good deal because they just want to be out from under the thumb of doctors. But they're not going to be out from under the thumb of not doctors.
1: Not if they have to get consults for everything. Right.
0: Yeah, no. Even uh, thyroid dysfunction. They have to get a consult. I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, what else?
1: It was hard when you were away because I had a post dates mom and I really had to start to think about like, what am I gonna do? Who are who's gonna check these women for me? Because what she went? She was gonna see Shavira the day she went into labor. And remember, I went to your office and did the NST yeah, yeah, yeah. by myself because I've done that a couple of times. Yeah, you
0: got to hit the you got to hit the <laughs> UA re- reset button to bring the the tokl. Once it's on. Once it's on, then you yeah. set it. Yeah. Right, because otherwise her contractions were, she was having one contraction for 25 minutes. <laughs> I knew <and> that
1: <laughs> that wasn't really working very well, but yeah. I really just wanted to see the baby. Um, so yeah, but it's, you know, it's a struggle.
0: Yeah, it would be it, that, it, it would be great if I could get another person to help me do this. Um, and also and also, the just the camaraderie of not being the only one doing it. Gives, would give me more credibility. I mean, not me more credibility with the people I deal with, but, but with the medical community. If there was more of us starting to do it, then it becomes more acceptable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, if anybody knows anybody, or if anybody knows Chavira.
1: Yeah, we need more doctors. Come on.
0: They got to be disgruntled doctors who know who have skill. That wanna that wanna love their profession again.
1: Yeah. Who are they?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't talk to very many. And even the ones in my office would never consider doing what I'm doing, in my old office.
1: Have they explained to you why? Why they wouldn't?
0: No. They just look at me and they go, we think you're really brave. And I know what they're saying inside their head is, we think you're out of your (laughs) mouth. Right. That's what they think. Um, But they respect me for what I do. And they send me clients. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't get very many referrals from other doctors.
1: Yeah, Dr. Rothbard sends me clients mm-hmm.
0: too. Rothbard's a, well, really the, one of the good ones.
1: Yeah. Right. Who's going to have a baby soon?
0: Yeah, in October, I think. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, I do have a, I, I have this internist in the valley. Who okay, sends me people
1: clients. want you to explain your shirt. They don't understand, so you're going to have to explain it.
0: Oh no, they just ask me what. No, it but say. one
1: other person did not understand it, so so explain. Well, that. does
0: anyone know? I mean, do 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 everyone? Mm-hmm. Everyone should know who George Orwell is, right?
1: They shouldn't. I mean, they don't. Maybe they don't know.
0: Okay, George Orwell wrote a book in the 1950s. I think it was when he wrote this book. Maybe it was even earlier. Called 1984. And in 1984, everything that you think is supposed should happen, the opposite is happening. It's all about sort of totalitarianism and government control of everything. How you speak, how you dress, what you can do, everything. And because a lot of that is happening right now there's censorship going on there's cancel culture going on there's uh people promoting bigger and bigger government to decide what you can and cannot do they want to take away your first amendment right they want to take away your second amendment right stuff like that. it's becoming people will say things are orwellian there's a, it's a term that's used all the time and so i saw this t-shirt on a uh, Instagram post with somebody, and, and they, then I went online and I found out how you could order one, and I ordered it because I would like to see less of this totalitarian uh, DNA that's going on inside a group, even even like big tech. Like, um, Rixa uh, posted a, a picture of a breech birth where the baby rotated slightly the wrong way, and and YouTube took it down. Violates their standards, okay. All right. But you know, I mean, you can you can show how to make a bomb on YouTube. You can, you know, they have all these other things on YouTube. They have raunchiest MTV videos on YouTube. Yeah. Okay, crazy stuff. They have eleven-year-olds twerking on YouTube, but a woman giving birth gets right. Gets, and I'm not even getting. I'm I'm staying out of the political realm. I'm glad. Right, of course. <laughs> all right. I mean, but, but if, if they're just a platform, then they should allow everybody, they can put a warning on it if they want, but they should allow everybody to post whatever they want.
1: Yeah. And we've thought, I mean, not me personally, but there's other women who have fought very hard to get instagram and facebook to be able to not censor birth and so that's why we're able to show these images on you know very graphic birth videos um because someone stood for that and they you know said that this is wrong but i don't think that's happening on youtube it's well online. but but
0: on but on all these platforms they're censoring anybody who 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 is skeptical about the vaccines mm-hmm. they're censoring um people of who who might be who might think that hydroxychloroquine and zinc and azithromycin might be a reasonable way to treat people in early COVID?
1: Yeah, a lot of that's taken down. It's
0: taken down, and and you know what? There are a lot of scientists, including those those brave people, including Bob Hamilton, who's a local pediatrician here, who were on the, the steps of the Supreme Court, who gave that video that had 17 million views in less than a day, and then it was taken down by Facebook they were talking about alternative treatments and the and the and some of the, the lockdown may not be the best way to go and everything and that stuff is being censored and this that's not i mean there are there's a political aspect to it but it's it's not an unreasonable science and so science isn't a sex is isn't a set system there isn't one science science is a series of discoveries and people may have different opinions about things censoring one side's opinion is orwellian And that's what the the t-shirt
1: says.
0: (laughs) So just make it fiction again because it was a fiction book and now it's becoming
1: reality. reality. It was a
0: reality in the Soviet Union, you know, the Soviet Union's um, newspaper was called Pravda. Pravda in Russian means truth. Mm -hmm. Okay? And this is a classic Orwellian thing because everything in it was propaganda, Mm -hmm.
1: it wasn't truth. Mm -hmm.
0: All right? And many of our newspapers and our media now are doing the same thing, thing. It's not only what they what they how they cover something; it's what they refuse to cover. Yeah. Right. Got it. Okay. All right. were there any any other questions before we? Uh... Anybody
1: have any questions for us today before we check out? Any...
0: Miranda says she'd like to go into medicine, but she doesn't think she could put up with the politics. You know. Do home <laughs> Um It's hard because she has to. You'd have to go through four years of indoctrination in medical school and four years of indoctrination mm-hmm. in residency.
1: Yeah, I understand. Oh, hi, Jamie.
0: Ha ha. I'm going to see you tomorrow. Ha ha ha. All right. So you had to read that in high school. I don't know that it's mandatory reading anymore. Which one? Nineteen Eighty Four. Right.
1: Do you want to come say hi?
0: Yeah. Oh, you look so good now. Come here.
1: my
0: Going to introduce uh, Bliss's sister. This is
1: my sister. Wait, they have to see you on. Come, come right over here. Yeah, come between come us. Come right in between us. Yeah, there we go. Right in between us. Because her screen us. is a lot smaller. This is my sister Tammy. She's visiting from Oakland. I'm her midwifery inspiration. She is because she I was she was at my first child's birth when she was 14 or something. like that. Yeah, she's the sister that I talk about in my bio and and story about how I became a midwife that delivered with midwives at a birth center. Where was that birth center? Santa Monica. It was. Mm-hmm. What was it called? Do you remember? Um, Santa Monica midwifery. I'm pretty sure. Wow, I don't even know of that one. How old was
0: your kid? No. Thirty. 34, 34 years ago. So I was there a birth center because that, that was 86. Was it on? I think it was on 86 when I finished my residency. It
1: was 86. It was February. 86. Wow. Yeah. So wow. I didn't know about that. Birth so center. I'm just trying to think
0: who. Because I, I started backing midwives shortly my after name I was came up. I don't
1: remember. Oh, her. Vi. Yeah. Vi. I remember Vi. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. What yeah, was her last
1: name? you remember? I don't, but it may come to me. But yeah, because I. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. No, I remember her.
1: Mm-hmm. Cool. Have a great day, everybody.
0: Uh, my
1: yay. sister is amazing. Oh. And doctor. <laughs> We love you. Thanks love for being
0: you here. <laughs> it's nice to have family, isn't it? My family, my family won't let me come visit them.
1: Yeah, you told me they make you quarantine in the, in the, in the basement, basement for two to, weeks.
0: I'd have to quarantine the basement. Well, the two only
1: weeks. reason she came, she was feeling a little nervous about COVID, too. She works for Stanford. Well, she came because of um, the trial. But she life. was like coming because of the uh, preliminary, preliminary hearing right, right. so yeah we're just gonna sometimes you just gotta do it yeah even though you feel nervous you just kind of have to like do the things that you need to do for the people in your life that you love
0: right life isn't always a, uh, a cupcake
1: <laughs> no life is not a cupcake right now well, it's you need you. to find
0: people need to find joy in every day I have people who I know in my life who are always Full of woe, yeah. You know, I'm sad about this. I'm sad about that. And blah, blah, blah. You know, and on our oh, well, we made it. We made it fifty-six minutes. It's okay, this it time. keeps going. Right, keeps going. So I, uh, I'm sad about this. I'm sad about that. And it's like it wears on you after a while. That that you're listening to people who are constantly complaining. You can't take it in. Now on our podcast, that is our theme. <laughs> But when I'm not necessarily here, I'm not always pointing out everything that's negative. Especially when I'm on the trail. By the way, the best possible place you could ever be is where your phone says no service,
1: <laughs> unless you're on call. Nope, 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 nope.
0: No, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. No. Stressful,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it is. Stressful. Yeah, I
0: when I was camping at the campground, um, just sort of uh, where was it? I don't know. It was up near Park City, someplace. And and for twenty hours. I had no service.
1: That's why I have to get. I couldn't out of town check, I couldn't vacation. check hockey scores. Oh.
0: I know it was. <laughs> it was. It was awful. I couldn't check hockey scores. I wanted to look up iridium flares. Mm-hmm. I wanted to look up vapor trails. Um, that sort of thing. Can't you? Can't look anything up when you're out there.
1: Lynn Bruin asks, "When are we coming for dinner?". I don't know. I don't know either.
0: <laughs> send send. an email. Um, the other thing, too, that 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 was as long as we're now complaining, I'm complaining. Oh, right. you
1: are, I thought you were, oh, good. about self-service.
0: Self-service, yeah, and the other thing, well, I'm not complaining about that, that was the best thing possible. Mm-hmm. But, okay, so, quiet time at these campgrounds is from 10 o'clock until 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. But when the sun goes down at 8.15 or 8.20, and people are having a fire, and people are cooking, and you can hear little voices off in the distance, the people in the campground next to me had a generator, oh. and they turn on their generator. It was on for like twenty or thirty minutes, and it was really loud. And it was nine thirty at night. It was really loud, and I, and I was like, how, how, "Who are these people? How do you do that?" Okay, if you have something you need to charge or something like, charge it up at six o'clock. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you're running. What do you What are you running on a generator at nine thirty at night?
1: The lights in their camper. They no, they don't have any lights on it, lights
0: anymore. No, their battery should last a couple of days oh. in those campers. It wasn't very conscious. I don't know, and I didn't, I, I felt, I was getting close to feeling like walking over there with my shotgun <laughs> and blowing a hole in their, uh, in their generator.
1: That's a little
0: intense. I know. <laughs> it's like vacation mode. Huh? I was in, I was like in, I was like in a, this beautiful space. I'm staring at the fire. I, I was even roasted. I roasted a couple marshmallows and I'm staring at the fire and and it's really loud it's really loud there are generators that are quiet Mm -hmm. and they must have had an old generator it was really annoying Mm. Eh.
1: so how do you like your marshmallows
0: no i just like them golden
1: on the outside you know those people that
0: burn oh oh, i don't like them when they're on fire no i don't like them when they're on fire but it is something about it's something about a campfire where you just can't take your eyes off
1: yeah it's um fire gazing yeah it's like a meditation that's what people used to do back in the day before we incessantly scrolled on. Oh, and in the middle of the night, there's these this, things.
0: There's a there's a great a great horned owl. We could, couldn't see him, but woo, woo, woo. I love it. Yeah, I love
1: it. Yeah, it well, great. it's good to see you. I didn't think I was going to see you for a month, so it's yeah. I don't know that I'll be back next break. Friday.
0: I might be at of a breach birth. <laughs>
1: a I might go on my own and interview um, one of our local uh, oh, nutritionists right. who's got some things that she's been using to treat her COVID patients and I thought that might be really interesting for you guys to hear about some of the success that she's had with natural remedies so um, if my... Week and these are COVID not, patients
0: not necessarily pregnant ones just COVID patients.
1: Yeah just COVID patients right. yeah so um, I, I've already asked her permission and um, so I might do that and I'll let you guys know if I have time next week Otherwise, we'll see when it, you when you Will back. it still
0: be called Dr. Stew's Podcast? Yes. Okay.
1: <laughs> it's just me doing Dr. Stu's Podcast. Yeah, you know, I,
0: I, by the way, I, yeah, I talk to John once a week, and I, I miss John. Mm-hmm. So, John, if you're listening, I don't think he listens. So I think he just edits stuff out. <laughs> He's well, he does listen at the end producer. because he has to bring the music in. So, mm-hmm. John, I miss you. Can't wait to see you. And Bella, of course.
1: You've been talking to him once a week lately. You
0: ready? No, when I send him, when oh, I, send him the, yeah, yeah. I send him this information, mm-hmm. and then I, you know, I Venmo him his payment and yeah. take care of all that stuff. So. Yeah. Oh, still looking for a sponsor? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lot cheaper right now. Uh, it's a
1: COVID special. Yeah, it's a COVID special. <laughs> it,
0: wouldn't, it wouldn't cost much. and We, we would put an ad in. You'd have Doctor Stu and Bliss reading your ad. We could do it. So you can reach me at gmail.com. You can reach Bliss at
1: uh bliss at birthing bliss midwifery bliss spelled with a y and instagram i'm
0: at birthing instincts you're at birthing bliss midwifery Mm -hmm. with a y and your website is gorgeous oh yeah did you redo it yes it's
1: very pretty um
0: birthingbliss.com good to see you and Mm birthinginstincts.com good to see you too yeah all right so everybody thank you thank you we didn't even promote today because we weren't (laughs) sure we were going to be here so you know, we're really happy that we had all of you uh, join us today. Quite a few of you for a while.
1: Have a good week.
0: And uh, again, we know that uh, you have a lot of ways to spend an hour, so we're really happy that you spend it with us. All right, bye-bye.
1: Bye.